Revelation 5, verse 12. It says, in a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Good morning. And how great it is to be in the house of God as we worship together. God is good. Take your bulletin this morning, and I want you to, we're going to do this every week, so you might as well just get used to it, okay? Let, let's take this little tab on the side and let's tear it off. I like to hear it. Good, good. If you're visiting with us today, we're glad that you are here. And on one side of this, this is for you. We'd love for you to fill this out and tell us a little bit about yourself so that we can have the opportunity to get to know you and give you the opportunity to get to know us as Bowen Springs Baptist Church. And on the back side of that, everyone, you'll see a prayer request side, and we would love to um, pray with you, pray for you, and give you the opportunity to share that with us. So if you yourself or you know someone who is in need of prayer, please fill that out and drop both drop that off in the offering plate as it comes by later on during the service also in front of you there should be some care forms if colored forms there if they are not in front of you you may uh, also write a care request on there we'd love to be able to pass along a need um, that you might have or that you know of someone that, that they might have be it a card or a need of a visit a phone call or maybe there's something that they need done at their home Please fill that out and, and let the care ministry know so that we can continue to reach out to those around us who are in need um, of, of ministering to. I want to just say a, a word this morning. The flowers here in the uh, sanctuary have been placed in memory of Miss Katie Ruth Dixon by her Sunday school class, the Kerygma Sunday school class. Um, as many of you probably have heard by now, she did pass away this week, and her funeral will be tomorrow at 11 o'clock here in the sanctuary and the family will receive friends in they'll just receive friends here i'm not for sure exactly whether it'll be in here or whether it'll be in the lec but at beginning at 10 o'clock so uh, please continue to pray for her family and as we all grieve together she was a very special lady uh, if you'll notice the prayer thought for the week please pray for our church leadership and for god's direction this is an exciting time for our church and you'll hear from the pastor search committee later on this morning so we look forward to that on the back side you will see uh, our opportunities for uh, worship and times to gather together um, this afternoon there is a shower and then following that this evening we will continue our sunday evening uh, spiritual growth time at five o'clock so please um, come out for that. That's been a very enlightening time and an enjoyable time. Dr. Webb's doing a great job with that. Senior adults, you will be um, going to the Earl Scruggs Museum on Saturday morning. We'll leave here at 9.30, and then following our visit to the Earl Scruggs Center, we will be going to eat at the Mayflower. And notice I said we. Um, I'm going to include myself in that group this week, so um, proud to do it. So anybody that wants to come and be a part of that, please, please do so. This week, the care ministry will be having their leadership meeting because it is a fifth Wednesday evening. So at 530, the care ministry leader teams will be meeting um, at 530 in the care room. Notice at the bottom, uh, we are collecting uh, orders for Mother's Day roses and Mother's Day is not that far away. And we need those put in really quickly. Um, this Sunday and next Sunday will be uh, your last opportunities to get those in. So please take note of that. 
We are honored today to have some special guests from the Beeson family uh, with us today. And at this time, I'm going to recognize uh, Bob's daughter, Sherry, if she would uh, come and present the uh, Bob Beeson Sacred Music Scholarship. Okay, as many of you know, we had our big family Beeson reunion yesterday, as you, some of you have seen the pictures on Facebook, of whom Aunt Margaret is our most senior member and most loved member, and who's affectionately known as sister because all of her uh, siblings were brothers. Um, I would ask my family, different members, I said, uh, give me a memory of daddy, can you give me some memory? And instantly it was like a light bulb went off and they became very animated and everybody loved sharing, sharing their memory. And I know if I ask most of you who remember him, you too would have something that stands out in your mind. It's so nice to know that even though he's been dead for 13 years, that people still have fond remembrances and love for him. He loved you, he loved his friends, he loved his family, he loved his God, and he loved his church. And uh, when he came back from Chapel Hill to start the Bowen Springs Drugstore as the, as the pharmacist, um, he joined. Uh, he never left. Bowen Springs Baptist Church was the only church he was ever a member of. But he uh, became a permanent member of the choir where he served for well over half a century. It was very, very important to him. He was a classically trained tenor. And it wasn't just about making a joyful noise. It had to be done right. And um, he was, if he wasn't at, <laughs> they're laughing. <laughs> they were memories. <laughs> memories, I said, you know, have to have that trilled R and all of that kind of thing. Um, so many music memories that I can share with you. And I don't want to digress too much. I just wanted to share Ruth Hamrick's uh, sister was a very well, a, a good soprano and they went to Carolina Beach together and she stood behind in the, so nobody could see her and daddy stood on the front porch and she started singing, when I'm calling you and daddy was, you know, people were going by and looking like, you know, what's going on. But uh, I mean, there are stories, stories and stories and stories. But, but, but his music was very, very important to him, very important. And it was, he had a passion for it. He had a passion for doing it right and sacred music, he loved it so much. So I want you to welcome Adam White. I know you already heard his reverent and beautiful um, rendition this morning. We were all struck by the fact of how he is a missionary child. He was born in Indonesia and he has grown up serving the church with his talent uh, for many, many years. And as I have just been told to, he is a member of Alpha Chi at Gardner-Webb, which is a very elite, uh, he's um, top, it's the top 10% of academic and character. We already knew that he was gonna be a good leader. Anyway, we unanimously uh, selected him and we, I want to welcome you, I want to welcome you Adam White and I want you all to welcome him too.
Uh, Bob apparently knew what I know. God loves right notes. <laughs> um, by the way, senior adults, you are going to see, uh, going to the Earl Scruggs on Wednesday morning. Wesley will go Saturday morning all by himself. <laughs> you did say Saturday morning, yes, that's right. You know, we should always look for opportunities to share the gospel, but we can't go everywhere. And that's why we can give to those who can go. But it takes funds to do that. Uh, we have been emphasizing our North American missions uh, emphasis this month. We are going to now have our um, in-gathering hymn. There are, by the way, there are um, envelopes on the side of the, or the pews if you need it. But we have baskets here if you would like to, to come and to present your in-gathering hymn. An appropriate hymn of that is number 572, I Love to Tell the Story, 572. Let's stand, please.
Before I pray this morning, I, I have a memory I want to share with you. It wasn't too long ago that Katie Ruth Dixon called me and asked if Carol and I would go over and eat with her. And, uh, you know, I said, now, Katie, you, Ruth, you don't need to fix a big meal for us. Oh, that's what I want to do. And so we got over there, and she did. I tell you what, you know. That shows the kind of servant heart she had. She will be missed in this church and this community. I always knew she was here because she was right up there with Bob and Ray Lamb, right up here in the front row. And uh, in honor of her, I want to pray a prayer about servanthood. Let's bow together. Father, life is made up of little acts of service, little acts of service that mean a lot. Servanthood is a lifestyle. It's not just a couple of big acts that people see. It's getting up every day, every morning, and thinking of ways that you can help other people in the little affairs of life. Small ways you can serve them, help them, befriend them, guide them, lead them, encourage them and all that makes a big difference and when people that are so good at that are lost they'll be missed may we learn from her life about servanthood may nothing be too small for us to help others nothing too big Give us a heart that Jesus had who went about doing good, who took the little children in his lap, who fed the hungry multitudes. The world can be won by people who have servant hearts. We thank you, Lord, for Katie Ruth Dixon. These things we ask in thy name. Amen. This morning we are emphasizing Jesus as the Lamb of God. If you would take your bulletin, please, we'll be singing, Worthy is the Lamb. You will need your bulletin for these, uh, for these words. Please stand as we sing, please.
Let's pray. God, I pray that those words lay on our heart all week long. And that we always show you the proper place, which is being on the throne of our lives. For God, when we acknowledge that Jesus is Lord of everything and Lord of us, we are changed forever. And God, I'm, I'm grateful that we stand before you and we are able to experience your love and your mercy and your grace because Jesus was sacrificed for us. And God, I pray that in an act of worship that we would give because you have given us everything. And may we recognize that we are nothing without you. All glory and honor is yours. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
I know that Debbie Weiss and I look so much alike you can barely tell us apart. Um, Debbie is the deacon of the week and I asked if she could read scripture. She said sure and then she came to me before Sunday school and she said Jim I've got this laryngitis so bad and I might get up there my voice might crack and go all over the place. I said don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. So that's why you're seeing me rather than her. But um, the scripture is John 1, 26 through 29. John chapter 1, verses 26 through 29. When I get up to preach today, we've got a lot of important things to consider today, and I want to give the Pulpit Search Committee enough time to really explain to you important matters. So when I get up to preach, you're going to get the, uh, the Reader's Digest version, you know. But uh, it'll be a little compressed, but uh, I still think there's some important points to be made. And we will have an invitation as we usually do. But uh, John chapter 1, verses 26 through 29. John answered them saying, I baptize in water, but among you stands one whom you do not know. It is he who comes after me, the thong of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. The things took place in Bethany beyond the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day he saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world.
It can be said that John the Baptist was a different kind of preacher. Uh, he ate locust and wild honey. His home was in the wilderness. If anybody wanted to hear John, they went out to hear him where he lived. He knew nothing of refinements and luxuries, and he was a hard preacher. He loved to preach about judgment. He loved to preach about the judgment of sin on sinners and even those spiritual leaders whose hearts weren't right. He talked about the chaff that he would burn with unquenchable fire. He called the religious leaders of that day a generation of vipers. He did not mince words. Not many pulpit committees would go looking for John. This is the kind of preacher we need. <laughs> they just didn't do it. But when he saw Jesus, when he saw Jesus, friend, he did not say words like that. Here is Jesus to consign everybody to hell. Here is Jesus to punish the enemies of God. No. What did he say? One of the most profound things said about Jesus, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The Lamb of God. The sheer wonder of that title, the Lamb of God. Paul used it in 1 Corinthians 5-7. It haunted the writer John in in Revelation. He used it 29 times in the book of Revelation. Over and over again. It's the most precious title ever given to Jesus. And in that we see the love, the sacrifice, the suffering of Jesus for us. You see the lamb was the most dominant sacrificial victim of the Old Testament Judaism system. <clears throat> the lamb was the one that was used most often to be that sacrificial animal that would hopefully cover the sins of the people of Israel. In one Passover feast where each year so many would come to Jerusalem to celebrate that special time, the Romans, who were great keepers of records, decided they would count the number of lambs slain in one particular Passover feast in Jerusalem. 250,000 lambs were sacrificed in one Passover feast. When John saw lambs being driven to Jerusalem to be sacrificed, that's where he must have thought there's one true sacrifice that can deliver from death, Jesus. You see, John was the son of a priest. His father was Zachariah. He knew all the rituals. He grew up around the temple. He knew all those things. And he knew that every morning and every evening, 365 days a year, a lamb was sacrificed for the sins of the people. <clears throat> and as long as the temple stood, even in times of war, in times of siege, even in times when people were starving, until the temple was destroyed by the Romans in 70 AD, lambs were being sacrificed every day. Jesus was God's lamb. The final sacrifice for our sins that would never have to be repeated once and for all. He is the lamb of God by the way he lived and the way he died, gentle, peaceable, without complaint. Lambs would go to their death out of ignorance, not knowing they were about to die, but Jesus knew full well when he went to die, 
Jeremiah 11:19, Isaiah 53, 7. Like a lamb led to slaughter, he opened not his mouth. That's how Christ died for you and died for me. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, as a lamb before his shearers is dumb, so he opened out his mouth. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. The lamb symbolized innocence and gentleness and peacefulness. The lamb of God, that's the meaning of vicarious suffering. Jesus of Nazareth, the lamb of God dying in our place. We see it again in the book of Genesis where Abraham went up with Isaac on Mount Moriah to sacrifice his own son. And Isaac got close to the top of the mountain and said, Father, where is the lamb that we will sacrifice when we get to the top of the mountain? And what did Abraham say? My son, God himself will provide a lamb. And God himself did provide a lamb for you and for me. A remedy, an answer. We have a sin bearer. And that's the deepest need of the human heart, my dear friends. We are wrong with God. We need something to put us right. You see, you can cultivate people. You can educate people. You can, can do all you can to clean up their act and their image, but there's still something wrong with the human heart, and the tap root of sin is still there. The eternal cancer and God provides a lamb. Something is missing, you see. Christianity can be a means of social improvement. Jesus can be seen as a social reformer. He can be seen as a lovely pattern for human conduct, a religious genius. But the gospel is a record not only of what Christ said, but what he did. Not only of how he lived, but how he died. And if you forget the lamb of God, is to remember the shell and forget the kernel, <laughs> to remember the body and forget the heart. You can see everything in the life of the Lamb of God and you haven't seen it until you see what it's really all about. Seeing that he's the Lamb of God slain for you individually as if you were the only person in the world is like seeing the light inside the window. And if you don't see that, you won't be able to go in and find rest. And what else about this great verse? It says he takes away the sin of the world, the guilt, the penalty. He takes it away. There was that tradition in ancient Israel where there was called the scapegoat. The scapegoat would be designated to be that one and he would be led out into the wilderness away from the camp of Israel, away as a symbol of their sin to be killed in the wilderness. The Bible says he will take it away as far as from the east is from the west. John said, he loved me and gave himself for me. Revelation 1.5 says, to him who loved me and has freed me from sin, the Lamb of God. Oh, if he hadn't come, the Lamb of God for you and for me, how different this world would be, how different people we would be, how a different person you would be. Great is the mystery of God's grace and godliness. Jesus is not only the sacrifice, the book of Hebrews tells us this, he is the high priest. He is not only the sacrifice, he is the one who initiates it. 
He has both become sacrifice and high priest. He has allowed himself as the high priest to become the victim. What does John say? He says, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And what is that challenge? Behold him. Look at him. Recognize who he is and what he did for you. We sometimes say the old phrase, seeing is believing. No, we ought to turn that around. Believing is seeing. When you believe, you'll see. You'll see him for who he is. You'll love him for who he is. When you behold him and see him as the sin bearer, the world sin bearer, your sin bearer, behold him. He has borne your sin and carried it to the cross. Unless you see him, my friends, as the Lamb of God, there will be no sin bearer for you. Sometimes when I drive around our community, I, I will see, I will pass the churches and I will see these signs. And you know, sometimes they put little catchy phrases on there to kind of get your attention. Some are good, some are not so good. <laughs> But I saw one the other day, and I close with this. I saw one the other day, and it came down exactly what I'm trying to say this morning. I thought, that's providential, because I'm going to use that. <laughs> the little sign said, sin is expensive. Who's paying for yours? Sin is expensive. Who's paying for yours? Let's bow together. Father, we're grateful that you are our sin bearer, that there's no other sin bearer but you. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Father, help us to be sure this morning as we sit in these pews that we have, as, have accepted you as Lord and Savior and you have borne the penalty of our sin away. Not that we no longer sin, but our sin is paid for. Lord, we are grateful that you are willing to be the sin bearer. What a price you paid to be the sin bearer. And as we extend the invitation this morning, if there are any here that want to come in this church from another, any who want to accept you as Lord and Savior, we stand ready to greet them down front as we extend our invitation hymn. These things we ask in thy name. Amen. Our invitation hymn is 295, Near to the Heart of God. 295, let's stand please.
see you in just a moment. Come on up here. Let me. Come on, Austin here. I think most of you know this fellow. This is Austin Stitzel. He's coming uh, from uh, membership of the Church of the Redeemer and also by statement of his faith in Christ to join our church. Do we hear a motion receiving the fellowship? Do we hear a second? All in favor, raise your hand. Now you see all them folks? They know you. They still did it. Lord, have mercy. God bless you, man. We're glad to have you. Hey, we've had a lot to deal with, but a lot of it, all of it was very important to the, to the history of this church and the future. And Austin, if you'll come up here with your wife, let's turn around here and stand and let them come by and speak to you. Debbie. I want you as Deacon of the Week come up here and stand with them. Come on. You don't talk with your hand. <laughs> it's just good to have someone up here representing the church to stand with them. And come and greet this young couple. They're fine folks, and we're so glad to have them with us. I want to reiterate what you know as you saw this report today, that this committee was outstanding just outstanding. They worked hard, and I was close enough to it. Yeah, give me a hand. I was close enough to the process. I never met with them. I told them I'd be glad to if they asked me to. I never did, but I was close enough to the, to the whole prospect that I knew how much they were working, and I appreciate them so much. I'm excited for your church. Uh, I have not met this fellow, but I've spoken with him several times by phone, and he is an excited fellow, and he's got good ideas. He's got, I think he's got a good heart, and I think, Lord willing, a great work can be done here in the future. I'm happy for you. Let's all stand together for our benediction, and you come down here and greet this couple. Let's all, let's all bow together. Father, we're thankful for this service today, thankful for this committee and their work, thankful, Lord, for your presence with us and pray lord that you'd bless us and guide us and direct us may the future be exciting for this church because we make it that way by great faith and by stepping out and doing good things lord in this community all these things we ask in thy name amen Glad to have you, buddy. Thank God you bless you. Hey, honey. I'm God bless you. Hey, girl. <laughs> Love you. Me too. Uh.